Hi, this is Shannon from sis4teachers.org. Thanks so much for joining us for our blog this week titled Addressing the COVID Slide. It's hard to believe for us that we have 64 Math Might shows released and almost another 48 that are almost done being written, edited, produced, and soon to be sent off. For the month of March, we're going to take a break from our Math Might teacher guides as we prepare for the release of our next set of shows, which starts April 5th. Stay tuned for more fun with the Math Mites as we start a new challenge called Mystery Math Mistake. Students will have to play detective and figure out where we made our error in math. In the meantime, be sure to check out our grade, your grade level to see the 16 shows that are out there with extension activities that you can use in your classroom next week. Although we've done a lot of remote training during COVID, as we complete more Math Might shows, I just started recently working more in person in schools. I absolutely love being back in the classroom, but one of the biggest things that we're seeing in our schools is honestly the ramifications that COVID and we see what's called the COVID slide. Reading and math, as you know, are subjects that build on themselves. And when we have large gaps of skills in students, we have to fill those holes. At SAS for Teachers, pre-COVID, we regularly work with at-risk students or schools that have students that might need a little bit more think time or maybe haven't covered the standard as fast as another student. Through systematic instruction and a lot of dedication, we have had schools made incredible catch-up growth with their at-risk kids. And now, looking at the effects of COVID on education, it feels like somebody plowed, plowed over all of our hard work. In a particular school district that I've worked with, one of our M-Cube Molding Math Mindsets training, that students were able to start our program as kindergartners. They started with the numeracy foundation training, went through foundations of number sense, doing the model drawings, with visual models, being able to do number talks. And last year, fast forward, those kindergartners were fourth graders. They scored higher than the national average on our test that shows growth, the NWEA. And they were an amazing example of success that can happen when we build a solid foundations for math skills. Now, imagine those fourth grade students who were completely on top of it lose a large chunk of their fourth grade instruction at the end of the year due to COVID. They missed the fraction instruction, the higher level multiplication and division. They lost out on area and primer and volume and the things they were supposed to learn. Then we start our fifth grade school year a little bumpy, a little bit of a hybrid instruction, taking a break in November and December, back to a hybrid situation, just doing our best to get kids in every day. Let's just be honest, there are gaps. It's nobody's fault. There's nothing we can do about it. But the switch of virtual learning, coupled with the lack of consistency in learning models that has been necessary over the past year, has damaged everything we've worked towards in education. And I'm sure that the school district I'm working with are not the only ones experiencing this struggle. So now what? Well, first we have to figure out where we are. What amount of instruction has been missed? What has been gained? What concepts are learned well enough so students can apply the knowledge to something new? How can we analyze what students should have learned to see where they are now? Then to have to decide what to do. 
Do we continue just plowing through materials even though we know the success rate of our students is not where we want it to be? Do we continue giving each chapter test or unit summative test as we have in the past? The answer related to this question depends on your school situation. I can't believe that all the combination of class activities I've seen in schools I visited would really have to look at what that is going on in that school. We have one school that goes in person every day and has the most of and has has for the most of COVID. We have other schools that have been hybrid where they're teaching in person, but they have to have kids entirely online in the Google Classroom some days. These teachers have to sit at their table working under a document camera or a smart board so students at home can see the instruction. Can you imagine having students in your class and students online at the same time trying to manage math instruction when you can't even walk around to see your other students. We have schools where students check in live every day. Attendance is taken and they have a class on Zoom or Google Meet. At least in that situation, you know the instruction is happening and it might be a little better idea where the kids are because you actually can quote unquote see them every day. We also have school districts that are so rural that their internet isn't strong enough for live teaching. Instead, teachers have to record their instruction and upload it, hoping kids are able to access the content in their homes and never knowing if they're actually understanding the material. Teachers around the world are, let's face it, in the trenches, experiencing the effects of COVID and the pandemic on their situation, and many are left to wondering where the kids actually are in their understanding. I think it's really important that we take a step back for a second before we decide what to do. We have a chance to get an accurate picture of where we are. Over half of the year is completed. In fact, we don't have much school left. We're already in March. We have had lots of schools in January that collected data on students about the standards they should have learned from the beginning of the school year until where they are today. With some of our schools, we sifted through the curriculum and did some careful planning on what standards we hoped the students would have learned by the end of January and created interim assessments so we could see exactly where students were. These interim assessments were based on DOK or depth of knowledge. Some of the questions were DOK 1, which were simple information questions, but we also wanted to look at DOK 2 and DOK 3, asking if a child could actually apply that information. I want you to picture an assessment that has four corners on it, and each corner of that assessment we're going to address a standard to see where the child is. It might not go as in-depth of asking them all the application things, but as you know, how they take how they take a fraction and add it to another one with an uncommon denominator and could they apply that to a scenario maybe in a story problem. Teachers do all kinds of informal assessments in the classroom but this assessment was a little bit different. The goal of the assessments was to not give it to find out that a lot of my results were in the red, so I go back and reteach it tomorrow and test it again. That wasn't the idea of it. We wanted to collect the data to see what has been lost in the storm in the COVID slide. The best part of the whole process was being able to do a data review meeting with each and every teacher. The data is color-coded to show how well students are doing based on their grade level expectations. Green is good, yellow, orange, and then red, which means that we're far below grade level. We want to help teachers understand exactly where they were in this situation with their students and make a decision based on the data in their classroom to either continue to plow through materials with kids that are failing, 
but have the congratulations letter for finishing the material or do we do something different? If we see 20 out of 28 students are failing a particular standard, we might need to initiate the cleanup on aisle five. The results of the assessments were very interesting. As you look at the younger grades, kindergarten, first, and second, the data we collected wasn't as strongly read as it was as we started to get into the older grades. This is because a lot of kids can come in and get that catch-up growth that we call in the K-2 years because their brain is actually able to learn more than a year's worth of content in a year's worth of time. For a lot of these younger students, we were able to say, hey, we're really on track with these kids. We've got this going but skills, kids are still struggling with writing numbers. With the idea of starting at 45 and counting on, that might be difficult, so I'm gonna make sure I work on that. Also, I noticed their conservation of 10 is not quite where I want it to be, so I'm gonna keep working on that too. But as we look into third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade, where you talk about concepts that need to build on the foundations of what students learned the year before, we saw 88% of the kids falling in the red, which is far below basic category. 8% of the kids were below basic, 4% of the kids were basic, and 0 of the 26 kids were proficient or advanced. This was running a theme with the classrooms we studied, and that we were able to see the kids' data to show they were really, they really had not excelled in fourth grade. As teachers who work so hard for an extended period of time, the data is just disheartening. This is the reality of where our kids are the aftermath of the storm. Now we have to make a decision. Am I going to just keep going even if kids don't have a foundation? Or am I going to revamp the way I lay out my curriculum for the rest of the year? I think you could pick either option and I'm sure that anyone really understands which is better. I'm not sure really that anyone would ever think about which one is better. I can tell you that. Once we create holes in learning and math, those holes continue to get bigger. Think of it like a layers of the onion. If you have a layer that's rotting, you might not know because there's other layers over it. We're going to see this groups of kids impacted by COVID continue to go up with holes missing in their instruction. In our districts, based on our data, we decided to not just keep going. We decided to pause on the delivery of new content for two weeks, maybe three weeks, and at most four weeks so we could go back and attack some of the areas where kids are completely falling behind. So with our fifth grade group having 88% of their kids in the red on the standard that we taught from September to January, we decided to take the month of March and really go back and pick out the pieces of the core concepts we needed kids to master. We'll revamp our year where we can look to have a deep dive into fractions and look at different ways that we can implement some of the other standards. Now, not every classroom in your school district might have 88% of the kids in the far below, far below basic, but you can certainly see when you go through your data that it's the opposite of what you usually look for. Usually, if you're looking, 80% of the kids have the concept and I move forward with instruction, but now I see that about 20% of the kids are getting it, so I need to work on the proficiency. To be quite honest, some of the data we collected is skewed, especially for our virtual learners with well-meaning parents. As we analyzed the data, we saw a few students in the green. I wonder if those students were virtual learners, and the teachers did confirm that. They said they knew for a fact the student was not at that level. So some of the students that we thought were in the green really maybe were in the orange or even the yellow.
I think one of the hardest things for our schools experiencing the COVID slide is that we're still giving our state test, which this causes a great deal of anxiety for teachers because in school, sometimes it's part of their evaluation. Can you imagine? I suppose there are two different ways you could think about it. One, gosh, what are we doing this for? It's so expensive. It's only going to give me the data on the students I already know. They aren't up to standard. Or two, the other option is you can look at it this way. We can look at it by saying, let's take a look at what is happening nationally and look at the damage that COVID has had on educational performance. No one should be surprised by the data, but it might be a hard reality to have us start to have conversations about how we're going to rebound from this aftermath. So let's give ourselves a chance. Let's give, our, give ourselves a gift as teachers to look to see where the gaps are with our students. Let's do the cleanup on aisle five after the COVID storm and see if we can effectively get kids to master these skills. They're not going to be where they're supposed to be. Each educational situation across the United States and different countries is very unique, but you and I both know that mass builds on itself. So I think we have to look at this realistically and objectively. We've seen data in younger grade levels that support the idea of, that students can catch up. With that in mind, we can pause new learning, be intentional about our efforts and set forth on other tasks, and we can just be able to bridge some of the gaps in our students learning so they can continue to move forward. I would love to hear what you're doing in your school district. How is your district responding to the cleanup on aisle 5 after the COVID storm? Of course the storm isn't completely over but we have the vaccine and we have things going where we're hopefully moving in the right direction and that we can get some normalcy back. I would love to chat with you and have conversations about how you're going about this.